For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Alrighty. Wait for Brenda to get on the call here. It's called in early so it wouldn't uh, hang up on us. Maybe I should do an intro. Howdy, everybody. Welcome to another episode of World Bigfoot Radio. With us today, we have a returning guest, the amazing and multi-talented investigator from the American Southwest, down in the lands of the Navajo, Brenda Harris, is with us today. So if you had an encounter and would like to be on the show, call Wes. You can reach Wes at SasquatchChronicles.com. Don't let them know. Good going, man. Let's try that one again. Take two. And today we have with us the amazing cryptid investigator.
Wait for Brenda to come on the call. Looks like she's there.
You made it, yay. Just getting ready to start recording here. I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm trying to get Jeff to read that. My second favorite book of all time. I'm pretty much the only technology book I'm interested in. You know, later. Yeah, that's a must-read if you haven't read it. There's about 100 more conspiracy books by dozens of other authors based on it. It is the mother of conspiracy books. Man, your lighter's so cold it doesn't want to light. <laughs> and just wait for Brenda to figure out the system and get on the call here. Any chance I could talk into smoking a quick bowl in here? No. Yeah. I'm trying to minimize pain with the resin all day. It's not working all that well. At least it's not as fucking humid as it was yesterday. Fuck, yesterday hurt bad. Now the temperature dropped a little bit, it's not as bad. Fuck. Fuck that. Yeah, this shit-tacular town and their great bus system that doesn't run on Sunday for some fucking stupid reason. Or at night. I mean, sure, you don't need buses going all over the town all fucking night long, but you could have, like, two of the main routes run until midnight or something. Lazy bastards. Yeah. Yeah, they'd rather piss it away on bike bridges that nobody uses. (laughs) In the five minutes we used it. Come on, Brenda. It's holding up. No, actually, uh, one of my friends who used to live here in Montana, Country Cow Freak, did that one. I just found it the other day. I'm like, oh, this would be cool on our fridge, ball of hideous whatever it is that people are doing. <laughs> art. I'll put that up. Oh, speaking of artwork, you got to see the new piece of terrain that I built. I'm busy making multi-use terrain for you guys for, like, Sylvan Lands and... Uh, <sighs> 
Deadwood Forest and a couple other places where you have like giganto trees and dense undercover and like down by the ground there's not much bushes and giant mushrooms pretty much. So I'm making some stands of that. Come on down, check it out. Hello. There she is. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I I'm can hear you. Some issues with my phone, so hopefully it'll work. If not, I'll have to call you from another phone. It's just not working right. Yeah, it. it I don't know. I'm having. I, it just like goes off on me, and then it has to like start all over again. So I'm having that kind of an issue. Oh, uh, maybe you better just switch to the other phone and not risk it. Then, otherwise, you'd be right in the middle of telling a story and have to switch anyway. Okay. Let, I'll, 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 as long as I stay on the line, it'll keep recording, so you can just hang up and call into the different phone. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, I'll Okay. Call. All right. She's right. having trouble with one of her phones and just finally got a hold of me. And I said, well, if it keeps cutting out on you, you better just call on the other phone then. So otherwise, you're right in the middle of doing something, telling you a story that it cut out, and we'll have to start over again. Oh. Check, check it, it out. And mushrooms, too. See? Giant mushrooms. <laughs> so I figured out that I could make about eight of these for about, like, 18 bucks. So all different shapes, sizes. Different size and colored mushrooms. Not like big tree size mushrooms. Here's another one that I'm working on. What's that? Oh, Goblin hiding under a mushroom. <laughs> more, more mushroom forest fixtures. If she can like pack a bowl and smoke a couple of hits before she actually gets on here, that would be really fucking ideal. I don't need to tie up for an hour or so. Not to push her or anything, but and then we can start fucking gaming finally. Hello? Yeah. Hey, this is Brenda. Hey, that sounds way better. Okay, <laughs> good. Yeah, well, yeah. if anything, this this one should be the one that sounds crappy because it's a track phone that I'm using temporarily until uh-huh. I get my next uh, payday here in a couple of days and I can afford to get back on AT&T or Verizon again. So this thing is really iffy. When I you know, try and do a recording with it or something, I have to like cross my fingers and hope the weather's halfway decent or uh, 
<laughs> or the results are bad, really bad. And sort of the same thing happened on the other end. I tried to record a show back with Bear at the beginning of January. He was out squatching and called in uh-huh. from the field, and they had, like, heavy, wet weather going on there, and the signal just sucked. He kept fading in and out all the time. And it was uh-huh. like, it would, would have been a great show if you could actually hear it. But there's no yeah. way I could, like, fix it enough to be listable. So I went, well, oh, yeah. damn it, Bear, we're going to have to do this again. <laughs> hey, I wanted to apologize to you that I didn't get back to you any sooner. You know, you're one of my favorite guests that I've ever had on the show, and it's been way too long since I had you on there. And being that I'm World Bigfoot Radio and don't do things like Sasquatch Chronicles, I'm actually setting up foreign correspondence to be on on a regular, fairly regular basis in different parts of the country. And uh, mm-hmm. I've got, you know, the tri- the terrible trio down there in the Southwest, you and Caveman and Cat. So between the three of you, you can cover, like, everything that's going on down there. So I need yeah. to have you in more regular rotation. Cat and Caveman have been on here a ton, but you've only been on here once. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I, I hope that works for you. Like, I'd like to have you on, like, every three months or so at least because you have lots of stuff going on, so you do have things to talk about. You can give people oh, yeah. updates, and then that'll drive them to your Facebook group because they'll be wanting to keep up to date on what's going on all the time because they'll be like, hey, there's stuff going on all the time. Well, duh, yeah, get over to our Facebook group. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and it's sort of a lot roundabout way. It helps you, too. It gets you more exposure and everything. And that's the other thing that I wanted to do. Anything that we're going to be talking about here on the show, if you've got video pics or anything like that that relates to it, make sure to send it along because I'm up to speed on the tech end of stuff. I don't know if you saw the last show I did with Big D, but um, you know, if you got video pics, uh, Google Maps, everything, I can include it. And I'll also throw in, of course, additional stuff for filler if you if you don't want to send me a million images like he did. <laughs> I think he sent me like 120 plus. It was ridiculous. I'm like, okay, well, I still actually am going to have to take, get a few more on my own, but you covered most of it. Thanks, man. <laughs> he was really all over it. Well, and he was so psyched, too, because nobody covers the upper Midwest for some reason, and that area is really bad for ridicule. Nobody wants to come out and tell their stories and stuff. So as soon as I did his show, I got just, like, barraged, inundated, avalanched with positive comments from people in the upper Midwest going, finally somebody did a show on the upper Midwest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know it's squatchy as hell. I grew up there. I've only ever seen Bigfoot three times, and two of them were in Minnesota. So, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, we need to catch everybody up on pretty much uh, what's been going on since you had the big shindig with the outlaws down there. And Mm -hmm. uh, we had Caveman on not too long after that, and he talked a little bit about sort of what happened with the events and everything, so you don't really need to cover that if you want to. You can definitely touch on it and give yourself a free promo so everybody shows up to the next one. Like, I heard you did pretty good this time. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> uh-huh. that's all no bragging or anything. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, your uh-huh. comment on that last show that I did with you has reached like near legendary status at this point, where uh, oh, wow. you totally you totally busted me up on the air. You were talking about how you had that thing around the cabin messing around, and when the, the hubby got back in the morning, the first thing he asked you is, were you sure it was a Bigfoot and not a skinwalker? Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I was like, you know, you're on the res when you get that question. They don't ask you if it was a bear. They ask you if it was a skinwalker. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, you guys, are, you guys are too rugged for me. I'm glad I don't have to deal with those things up here. I'll just, I'll, I'll keep the Gugglies and the Mountain Giants, and you can have the, the Skinwalkers mm-hmm. and stuff down there. You guys can deal with those things. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't care for them. Myself, you know, uh, I'll, I'll stick with the Bigfoot. I'm, I'm <laughs> with Bigfoot when I with the Skinwalkers. I don't care for Skinwalkers either. No, screw that. No, caveman yeah. doesn't like dealing with them. Cat doesn't like dealing with them. Nobody, nobody wants to deal with those things. Oh yeah. But do you know cat at all? But they're around too. But what can you do? You know. <laughs> yeah. Do you know cat? Who's that? Cat Hansen. Do you know cat? Uh, what what's the full name? Cat Hansen. K H A T Hansen. Sounds familiar. I I'll probably have on my face. She's down around like Flagstaff yeah. and she gets the same sort of things that you do. She gets called by people all the time that are there's something weird messing around on my property, please come help. And a lot of it turns out to be the same sort of thing. It's like skinwalkers and crap that she has to deal with, so dog man. Uh-huh. What area is uh, is she from? Um, she's originally from Oregon, I think, but she's been living down on that side of the country for like 20, 30 years at least. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe that's okay. Yeah. She's been on my show a bunch of times. She's sort of like most of the Bigfoot community ignores her because she's like too much woo woo for them and freaks them out. But like, you know, she'll talk about some supernatural thing or something and then she'll show you a picture of it. So how do you argue Mm -hmm. with that? (laughs) That's true, you know, it really is. So, the name sounds familiar. I I just know, you know, I'm trying to pick my brain here. I just get so many people uh, texting me or messaging me. So, that's why I say, what what was the name again? (laughs) Because, I mean, I'm going through names constantly a lot. And sometimes they forget, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I have to jot this all down, you know. And, you know, because I get so many reports coming in from, like, different areas, even out of the states. So, yeah, you should know how that goes. <laughs> Trying to keep up with all of them is sometimes can be a little hectic. hectic. <laughs> yeah, I kind of found out about her in a roundabout way through, <laughs> excuse me, other people, and then did some research on her. And uh, she's basically a shaman, and uh, she gets contacted to do all this stuff that's supernatural and, you know, peripherally has Bigfoot things going on. But her knowledge on Bigfoot is, like, ridiculous and expansive, and including even knowing some of their words. So it's like, okay, well, that's really handy to know. But she's not a Bigfoot researcher. She has no idea who's doing research in the Bigfoot community, what they're finding out, anything. She pays no attention to it. So uh-huh. <laughs> that's why you may not have heard of her, because she's, she's like, yeah. Yeah, not involved in the Bigfoot community, doesn't care. She's got her own channel on YouTube under her name that she does a show called Understanding Conscious Cryptids. It's got like 20-some episodes up. And practically any cryptid she talks about, she's got pictures of it on there, which is even creepier. But you would probably <laughs> like it. You might want to check it out. I'll do that, yeah. But before we start, um, I just want to say something really quick. Um, I'm sure you guys all heard of uh, uh, Mr. Johnson passing on. Oh, do you want to say um, something about JC? Yeah, he was crippled. No, 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 I, I, no, just one thing, I just, you know, if you ask me a question, you know, I'm just going to tell you up front right now, I, I just don't, I'm not going to acknowledge anything about JC. Um, uh, I'm just, you know, praying for the family. That's, you know, that's all I'm going to say. 
I I just don't. Uh, I'm just really disappointed uh, with with him. And so hmm. I don't. I'm, you know, I'm just not going to say. You know, like I'm not going to build him up. In other words, okay. Uh, there's so much that you all just don't don't know, and he's really upset a lot of uh, native people down in our area where we live. Where we live, and um, you know, he's really upset a lot of them with how he did some things and some things that have happened. And that is the reason why I won't, so, you know, if you bring bring him up, I won't acknowledge it. You know, I've, I've lost my respect for him a long time ago. And that, um, you know, I backed away from him way quite some time ago. But I'm just letting you know how I feel about about that situation anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I didn't really but, know the um, guy, so I wasn't privy to any of this other stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... But anyway, I just thought I'd kind of like let you know because I just, I just, I don't have anything good to say about him. Period. But, yeah. Um, other than that, that that's it. <laughs> um, I wasn't planning on bringing him up. I didn't know he even knew him or anything. So. Yeah, just you know, just, I just thought you know, just in case, because you know, I a lot of people think that I was really very, very close to him, but no, no, that that is not the situation. I just. Things that I've seen, that I've actually seen and heard, and things that were done and how they were done, I just it was just not good. So you know, one day, someday, I'll explain a little more going to details about it. just one and one you and I. But that's just where I'm just going to leave it anyway. <laughs> so um, you know, many people out there thought that you know I was going to praise him and stuff, and then, no, I'm, I'm just not going to do that. I don't do that with anybody. You know, yeah. I don't, you know, really, like, worship one individual. Oh, he's such a good researcher, blah, blah, blah. Well, they literally bow down to this individual. No, I, I'm not going to do that. that that's, just, that's just wrong. <laughs> you don't do that. Well, I, I don't, I don't do know that, the guy, you know? so I can't comment on him. You know, like I said, <laughs> I just did not. I don't know if I, did I even announce on one of my shows that he died? I don't think so. I think I announced uh, Bender Nagel died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> but, Anyway, um, I had a really good day today, so I will share what I um, I, I did today at an investigation. Um, okay. I actually can use the word investigation, but what else can you use? Because I'm not qualified. I didn't go to college to be, you know, to be using the word investigation. There's so many people out there that they really, like, do you have the qualifications for this or that, you know, to use that word? I'm like, oh, my God, really? So I'm, I'm like, okay, what can what other word can I use besides investigation? <laughs> Just go yeah. checking out the area, you know. But recon. that word is always going to be re, re, That's the best I do, recon. I do reconnaissance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm like, I need to change that. Maybe go check out an area or go looking into. Basically the same thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the term I yeah. use because the military get it right away. I'm going to go recon the area. You're like, oh, okay, yeah. you're going to go do reconnaissance, walk around, look at everything. And that's mm-hmm. the same thing as saying you're investigating it or researching it or whatever. It's just like a non-scientific-y term. Yeah. And military people love it because they're like, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Makes you sound cool, too. <laughs> yeah, so you sound more like an like Indiana Jones type. Hmm, this guy might be paramilitary. Use the term recon. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like yeah, I'm no, not going to tell you that I know all about that because you know my <laughs> my little my little brother was in Marine Recon. That's how I know all about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Walk, walk around in a ghillie suit, looking like a bush all the time. 
mm-hmm. perfectly perfectly uh, trained to sneak up on Bigfoot as much as humans could actually do it. Do that, which is to say, not mm-hmm. much. But uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let me do a quick intro, and we'll get it started here and start start a recording then. Okay. Okay. We'll countdown here. Three, two, one. Big Sky Howdy, and welcome to another episode of World Bigfoot Radio with an amazing returning guest, the doomsday weapon used against the cryptids in the American Southwest and one of our correspondents from that area. And she just got back from doing a really cool investigation here earlier today. She was out doing some recon on something, and she's going to let us know about that right now, but she's also going to bring us up to date on all the other stuff that's been happening since the last time that we had her on the show. So with that, let me welcome back to the show Brenda Harvey-Harris. Welcome back, Brenda. Hello. Thanks for having me back. How are you guys doing? Always a pleasure to have you here, Duke. Duke loves having you on the show, and all of the fans love listening to you. And, you. you know, for folks that don't remember the last time she was on, which was quite a while ago, Brenda has mm-hmm. her own group over there in uh, in the southwest. And what's the name of your group there? New Mexico Shadow Seekers. New Mexico Shadow Seekers. And that is the name you can find it on Facebook if you want to go check it out, which I highly recommend. Great group. Very down to earth. Um, keeps up to date on things that are happening in her area all the time. She's always out there doing investigations and recons on areas where calls and reports are coming in from. People are concerned. She gets the call. She goes and checks it out with her team and does just an awesome job. So heavily encouraged for all of you to go check out what she's got going on a regular basis. And she will be a regular reporter here on World Bigfoot Radio. But so let us know what you were what you were doing today then. Oh, well, um, I, you know, I got a call. As a matter of fact, the call that I got from this young man was uh, Friday very late. Uh, must have been about um, 9 o'clock in the evening when I got the call. This young man, he uh, went out for uh, a walk along uh, along the river. And uh, he earlier in that day, that uh, probably around, must have been about 3 o'clock is when he took off from his house headed down to the river, and he had his little axe and um, his chainsaw. Well, he went down that way to go um, start chopping up some wood, and he wanted to make a bridge across this little ravine. So he thought he'd, you know, go down in there, and he was by himself. And uh, they, um, or he went and got to the area where he needed to get, you know, started on chopping some wood. Well, he told me that... um, he was there chopping, and uh, he was there pretty late to, to dusk. He said that the um, there's a little bit of clouds, you know, in the sky, you know, but it was sunny, and the sun's going down that about sunset. He's like, well, you know, he better start heading back on home. Well, he um, started heading home, and he, he put the chainsaw down on, on the ground there, and I believe he heard some noise or something, and he got got up and he started um, walking and he heard some, I believe, some branches breaking. And, you know, just from talking and just listening to this young man, he could just hear, like, the tremble in his voice. He, he'd never seen a, a, a Bigfoot. You know, he, of course, he would hear stories of it. And then also he would uh, hear it yelling in, in the area there along along the rivers there and... Um, 
you know, he never in, in his wildest dreams he, you know, thought he would ever come across one until that night. Well, he uh, heard a, a loud yell. He said that it sounded like a lady screaming. Uh, and it said it was very loud, and he, you know, it, it really scared him, and he took off. Well, he set his chainsaw and his little axe down there on the ground, and he, you know, he then he heard some something like branches breaking or something, and like something was following him. Oh. Just imagine, I mean, he just left, you know, his chainsaw and his axe there, left it, and he took off, start running back home. And in this area where we went hiking down in there today, he showed us this area. And, boy, I tell you what, it, it is like up and down and thick bushes. There's some areas where we had to crawl to get into uh, where he was showing that there was some bedding, which is what we found, some bedding down in there. There's one area where, like, the runoff uh, of water was running like a little stream. And in this little area there, you can tell that there was something laying in there. And then there's also, we come across where there's a um, huge, uh, looks like slab of concrete that might have been uh, dumped in that area down below. Uh, and you could see underneath these slabs, like there's something fairly good size, maybe maybe something kind of small that could lay in there. So I took pictures of that took pictures of this one area where it looked like something been laying in there. I tell you what, that area there, some areas is very thick. And, you know, you, what crosses your mind is when you're in that area, being that it's so thick like that, how could something so big get in there and out of there without making so much noise? And um, the area is very rocky, you know, very, you know, it's hard to make out some prints. We did find some prints. Uh, the ones that I found uh, on their hike today, they probably measured about 12, 12 inches wide or long, and maybe little, uh, some that were small. And uh, the bigger ones, those ones, they seem to stay on the rock, you know, very mm-hmm. rocky areas. And so, like Better I said, about hiding their tracks. Oh, yeah. You know, that that's their advantage in places like that. You know, people are like, well, where's their tracks? And we don't see them. Well, you know, this is their advantage right here. You see all these rocks. They'll run on that stuff. And they're like, oh, okay, you know. And, well, this young man, when he was taking us down in these areas, you know, we'd go up and we'd climb up steep hills. And, it's, you know, inside of these, uh, um, what do you call it, the, the little uh, uh, hills there, it's, you know, really steep. And it's very slippery too, and if you don't watch your step, you, you know you'll go sliding down. Mm-hmm. There's long. I mean, there's these are made perfect like trails just along the side of the hill there. And um, he said that that night when he was um, running, he he was like basically running for his life. He was so scared. He said, "I you know I never thought I would come across this. You know I never." always hear about it because it, it's like I just saw my life flash, you know, in front of me, like, oh, my God, I got my my kids, you know, and I I don't want to, you know, I don't want this thing to grab me and take off with me. I don't want this to be where I'm going to come up missing. You know, those things were coming to his mind as 
he was running and this thing was following him back to his house. He said he ran and, you know, he ran across the field, showed us the area where he ran across the field. Just before he got to his house, there's one area where there was trees, you know, and when he turned, as he turned, he said this thing was standing there and he looked at me and he said that thing was tall. He said it had to be about 12 feet tall. That is how big this thing is. He's like, I, he goes, I just got so scared. He goes, I ran and I just, I ran and I, all these things going through his mind. I, I, don't, I don't want this thing to take me, you know, and, you know, just talking to him and, and seeing him, you know, today in person, you just see that look in his eyes, you know, that fear, the scared and, and listening to his talk, his voice, you know, is really, really, uh, like shaky, you know, he's just standing there still, like, in disbelief, like, I just can't believe this thing was running right after me. I heard that one from further down when when he first heard the the one that sounded like a lady screaming out loud just over the next hill there. Then he hears this other one, like, down below as he was running. He was, like, running at the same time he was moving, and when he'd stop, it stopped. Well, like I said, just before he got to his house, I'm going to say about maybe a hundred, maybe a hundred yards away from his house, between a hundred and hundred and fifty yards away from his house, is where this thing, when he was running, he turned back and looked, and that's where he saw this thing stand up. He said the color of it was black, and um, I asked him if he had got to see the face, what did the face look like it? I didn't get to see the face, you know. I just I saw the eyes. The eyes had like a, uh, like a really bright, um, not yellow, but like a gold color. It's almost like a rich gold, you know. It was really you could just see it. And I mean, that's all I could see was the eyes, and it was looking right at me. He started running again, and he turned around. He was this thing was so close, you know, getting closer to him. He's like, for me, I was like running, you know, so hard and it seemed like this thing only took maybe two, three steps and is almost right behind him. And yeah. one last time before he called over the fence, he looked again and there it was. He was, this thing just watched him and it just looked at him, you know, and he ran back into the house and told his, uh, his cousin, called his brother and told him what had happened and he said that he was so scared, and <clears throat> he he literally started crying because, you know, you know that's how scared he was. Because I didn't want that thing to take me. I didn't. He just started thinking about his family, you know, as he was running trying to get back home. And at one point, when he, the second to the last fence was a barbed wire. He said that when he jumped over that fence, it his finger. The barbed wire caught his finger and cut his finger, and he's you know he had blood all over his hand. He was um, or scratched, you know, and the where the barbed wire caught his skin, and he was trying to get over that fence before that, you know, before the bigfoot uh, got any closer to him. And he leaped over that, and of course he got like I said, cut his hand on that barbed wire, and got back uh, close to his home there. And I um I asked him what 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 color was this, you know? Could you 
did you shine a light on him, you know, or her, you know, or male, whatever it is, you know. He said, no, he goes, I, I didn't have a flashlight. I didn't have my phone on me. My phone died or whatever. And, you know, it was kind of dark because I could see that outline because it was so big. It was nothing, you know, it, it ran so fast, you know, it was just like behind him. And he's like, well, I was just like running for my life. You know, he was, I, I was so scared. And then I made it home and got home and told my my brother and um, he called his cousin and they, they came over and they had to basically calm him down and he was just so scared, you know. And, and that's when he uh, called me around 9 o'clock, you know, and told me everything that had happened. And... Um, Later on that night, as I was talking to him, my phone had just went out on me. And so my phone finally came back on. And it must have been about um, 10.30, close to 11, he texted me. And he said, my chainsaw, because I left my chainsaw and my axe down there. And he said that, uh, because I can hear my chainsaw, Can can they start the chainsaw? I said, you know, I said, these things watch the people. They watch us humans. Everything that we do, they, like they imitate what we're trying to do, what we do. And I told him, you know, it could it could have started it. I, I don't know. Because I can hear my chainsaws going off. He says, I just called the cops. And um, I don't, they said they're going to come and check, you know. And I told him, I said, okay, so let, so let them know what's going on and let them know that, you know, something has your chainsaw down there and it's and it's going off. And so he said that um uh later on that night, I later on that probably about an hour goes by, I asked if the cops showed up and said, No, they they haven't showed up yet. I said, Okay, so well this you know, keep me informed and let me know. So uh yes, Saturday, which was the yesterday on the seventeenth, um I had to Message him we was going to go do the hiking yesterday, but he was so tired. He only had like two hours sleep the night before because of what had happened. He was so worked up and, you know, scared and everything. And so I got to meet him today on the 18th here on Sunday. We did the hike and he showed me exactly where he went and where the first yell happened. And, you know, just looking at him and just listening to him, his voice had so much tremble, you know, he he was so scared, you know, it's like I, I was running for my life, you know, I was so scared. I never thought I would ever, you know, come across one just standing right there, you know, looking yeah. at me. You know, I that you know, that's a life change, you know, because I, I look at things differently now because that was very scary. But I'll never go back down in there by myself again. And I just, I'm not going to do it because, you know, and, and uh, that that's what, um, I had a really good long talk with him and his brother. Shared a lot of things with them. And um, we're going to go back down there and we're going to uh, check out some other areas down in there, some other things that uh, were found. And on our hike down in there, we did find some bones. We actually found also a um, the horse's head, the skull. That was underneath some brushes there. So we took several pictures of those. Uh, so I'll send those to you so you can show those, Brian. Um, 
also found some footprints as well uh, in that area, some small and big ones. The big ones were really hard to make up because of the rocks. Right. The smaller ones, the one that fairly came out good was the, the that size, I believe, was about the 12, 12 and a half uh, size of the footprint. Also came across some really child-sized uh, footprints, too, as well. Um, no, this, this young fellow, he, he was he's very, very shook up about what he experienced on Friday evening. And so, um, like I said, meeting him today was, you know, he, he could, you just see that look in his eyes, you know, it's just, he's just like very terrified, like, you know, I just can't believe it, you know, I've got to meet at home, you know. And um, when he got home, you know, his mother was like, he was, he was in tears, literally in tears because of what he experienced and it was very scary for him. You know, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if most people live a life of well, even if you're in an area where other people talk about it and you hear stories about it and stuff, if you haven't actually seen anything like that, you can still convince yourself that, you know, it's not really real, that's not part of the real world or anything. And then mm-hmm. when it actually happens, it just crashes in on you so hard, it's like, no, that is part of the real world. There it is. Yeah. And it changes just everything, the way you look at everything. It's super traumatic. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not an aggressive encounter, super traumatic, and it sounds like this guy got yelled at and chased, and maybe Bigfoot doesn't want him over there cutting wood in that it, particular it, spot it, it, because he got a hard time of it. It sounds like. Yeah, you know, you, you you never know. You know, he's like, why are they aggressive? Are they mean? As some are mean and some well attacked, you know, and those are the one the stories that you know that people don't want to hear because they, all these, so, you know, many researchers out there, oh, they're nice and, you know, we leave gifts and stuff like that. You know, be careful with that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't leave gifts, you know, I don't, I don't want to take that chance because if there's homes close by and you're leaving gifts there, you got to think about all these other people, the neighbors. Why is this thing coming up but only you know because you left gifts, you know, gifts there. And if those gifts aren't there, guess what? They're going to go to all these other people's homes. Okay, where's my gift at? And these people are wondering, why is this thing coming around my place? I don't want it here. Why all of a sudden is it coming here? Well, they don't know that there's some other individual over here that's something for it, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, that's why I don't leave gifts. You know, I have that, um, something like that has happened in our area. And the lady was leaving guests. And this thing got mad because this lady was, went on vacation and came back and her whole backyard was all messed up. Things were thrown over because there was no food left before it. So it went down to the next neighbor's house looking for food. Like, hey, we got paper over here. Why is it coming over here? Well, looking for food. That's number one reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's why I am against feeding it. Leave it alone. You know, it can go back. There's fish in the river they can go, you know, fish over there, you know. Yeah. So, you know, that that's, you have to be really careful with that stuff. And why it started chasing this individual, um, who knows, like you said, maybe didn't want it to cut the, the trees down in that particular area. 
It could be because also that female was over there around, on the other side of the hill and there is yelling and screaming. Oh. They probably did that because they maybe they had a young one in there too. Like I said, I found some really small footprints. And yeah. they, you know, these things are very protective of their young ones. And they well, will that could, that could you be it too. You got a family yeah. living there. They're going to be really protective of their territory. Hey, oh, you yeah. got youngsters here. You know, and the other thing is too, it's like you said, it was late in the day. How close to dark was it when he was out there? Was it dark actually? It was. Um, it was getting dark. Uh, he yeah. said it was about seven o'clock, so it was it was getting dark. And I'm sure. I'm sure you heard the heat. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I you know I had asked him if it was a dark or was it like just at dusk or he was no it was dark so he had apparently uh-huh. must have been the moonlight he had enough lighting somehow to see how big this thing was how tall it was right and you know he said the color of it it was it was black that was the only dark image standing there he goes I could make out the eye line I mean the body line. The eyes, because the eyes is what caught my attention. Because they they were just like bright, um, like bright uh, gold. Amber. Uh, yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. He yeah. Goes, I've, I've never seen anything not like that, you know. Do you, and, you th- uh, did it sound to you like it was, uh, like it was eye shine off of whatever light was coming off the sky or was, was like eye glow? He said, I glow. Really? Wow, creepy. Yeah. Yeah. He said, it was big. He goes, and when he saw it, when he turned to look at it, when it was walking, he goes, it just had just like what they show, you know, in those Bigfoot shows, how it swings its arms, you know, side by side as mm-hmm. it's walking. He said, that's exactly what it, how it looked as it was walking. Well, you know, one little detail that sticks out on this one to me, Brenda, is something that I'm sure you've encountered a bunch of times, and I've sure heard it tons of times, and that's if you're in an area where they're around at night and they're not used to it, and you start making a big racket, they get mad about it. Blasting loud music, Mm -hmm. firing guns, playing with a chainsaw, you know, cruising around Mm -hmm. on a dirt bike, all this kind of stuff. And I've heard Mm -hmm. the same thing over and over again. Everything was just fine until we started making a racket, and all of a sudden, (laughs) bad response. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, when it comes, you know, to something like that, it's because they're very close, you know, they're very close to where they're staying, and they don't want to be found in that area. Mm-hmm. And therefore, this is exactly, you know, pretty much why it happened to this young fellow. He didn't realize, and he didn't know that they were going to be over there on that side where he just happened to be at. So right. he thought just chainsaw, and probably, you know, the male is the one that came forward and started looking to see where this young man was. Maybe that's why he got chased out of there, you know, this thing started, you know, following him. And so, you know, it could just be really a number of things, you know, but um, I kind of think it would be that because, you, like you said, you heard that one that sounds just like a female screaming just over the next hill there. And he's like, oh, my God, what is that? You know, and the next thing he hears is, uh, heavy footsteps coming, you're like, oh, then he got scared. And he goes, I, I tried to look like chainsaw in the dark because I know I left it right here. And 
and he just like forget it. And the reason why he was gonna he wanted to grab his chainsaw was to start it up and really rev it up to scare it off. <laughs> Which might have just made it matter considering all of that yeah. already. I don't know, I would have mm-hmm. probably grabbed the action and ran away. It's probably what I would have mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um yeah, that that's what happened uh, Friday evening on the the sixteenth, you know, a couple of days ago. Um, he oh, was really, really, really shook up, young man. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna be going. I'll be heading back out there to uh, uh, talk to them some more, to him and uh, his brother, and they want to share with me some other things, you know, pictures and all. And uh, he showed me a. Uh, some uh, footprints that he come across too, so there are some pretty good pictures. So I'll send those, you know, with to you. Uh, you can add add to this. But um, that's what I uh, did today. So I'll be heading back up <laughs> to do some more of, um, looking into in that area. So just the, the usual fun-filled day for Brenda and the research team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Somebody's terrified out of their wits. Bigfoot chased them out of the woods. Let's go check it out. Oh, my God, these poor people. Uh, you know, I'm so glad there is somebody down there like you that can actually go look at this and, you know, give them an idea what the heck is going on at least. And, you know, because when they're mm-hmm. operating with no knowledge of it whatsoever, the whole thing is just ultra-terrifying. It really mm-hmm. helps to have somebody that knows something about it that can go, well, it's probably not doing this, and it might have done this for this reason. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't have to be ultra-terrified, it would be nice to know why you don't have to be ultra-terrified. Yeah, right. <laughs> <I> guess, <laughs> On the other hand, if you've got, like, a 12-foot dog man around your cabin, maybe you should stay ultra-terrified. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the whole uh, the whole eye shine and eye glow thing is really interesting to me. You know, I hear so many different details on that and different encounters and stuff. Uh, it'd be really, really fun if we could get to the bottom of that one at some point. But until then, uh, you know, the last time I was really, um, I shouldn't say the last time, but one of the things that I, I caught on uh, your Facebook group was an investigation you guys were doing where you had a game cam set up and you actually had, like, gotten some cool pictures on there. You remember yeah. which one I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that I one? So. Is that the one where at the left-hand corner you can see this big black figure move away? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there was a whole investigation leading up to this and everything, too. This is another mm-hmm. another good example of uh, Brenda's New Mexico recon team going out there and doing a good job with it. So if you want to tell us about that, I'd love you to share that story. Sure. Um, we had uh, gotten a call, you know, about this area, and I'm always, this particular area, you know, people are always hearing this, you know, hearing the Bigfoot yell, and when it yells, it yells. There was, uh, last summer, I was uh, visiting one of my um, my new uh, members that I recruited to help us out. Um, he was telling me that um, they had heard a yell a yell that they've never heard before. It was so loud that everybody that lived in that block area there, everybody's house packed uh, the porch, back lights, everybody turned their lights on. That's how loud this thing yelled, and everybody's flashing their lights, you know, in the backyard, like, what the heck is that? 
you know, he's standing there and all these lights are going on behind these houses, the porch lights. You know, people are shining their lights in the backyard, you know, and they heard they heard this thing yell. And, you know, he said that that was one loud yell. That scared, I believe, two family, a couple of families. And one, uh, th- these two families, they ended up moving out of there. And they're like, this is just crazy. This is scary. Whatever's out there shouldn't be out there. And, you know, he got to talking with this individual and told him, we're, we're moving out of here. This is really scary. Because that was way too close to these homes, you know, to our home. And so, well, from what I understood, he would, uh, this family was going to be moving out of there uh, probably back in, um, excuse me, I think it was in August, August or September. Um, but they were going to be moving out of there. Another family, this thing yelled again, and they're like, um, we're out of here. They were going to just like, and get out of there. That's got to be really scary to just, like, only hear the noise a couple times and go, okay, that's it, we're moving. Yeah, yeah, because this thing's been yelling in this area for quite some time now. It's probably, um, let's see, I want to say for several years. And last year, last summer, was probably the most intense yell that uh, a lot of people in that area have heard. There's a gentleman that has, um, about two weeks ago, this gentleman, he has um, sheep down in that area. And they said, man, this dog, his dogs, and the neighbor's dogs were going nuts. I mean, they were just barking like something was out there. And this gentleman that owns uh, these sheep, he could hear something, you know, really bothering the sheep, a lot of scuffle going on in the sheep corral. They got just going to start, you know, shooting. And you could hear gunshots going off. And I think the, the, the victim must have been in the crowd trying to get uh, get one of the sheep there. And so they said he noticed that he also put up um, lights. And this is one thing, you know, that I stress to the people. You have livestock, any kind of livestock. And if they're in the crowd, get some light up, uh, you know. Yep. But even though you put the lights up, be careful because they're starting to come out more in the light too. So be really careful and be aware of that. But the more light you can get up, the better because they don't like that light. But no. still be careful anyway. But so that's what happened about two weeks ago when the the gentleman's sheep, you know, someone's trying to get grandma. I don't know if it took one or not. But um, the guy started shooting. Every now and then, we could hear gunshots going off down in that area. And this is probably not too far from where I live. And so, yeah, every now and then, I'll, I'll, I'll hear gunshots going off. Mm-hmm. Well, there's the neighbor shooting a Bigfoot again. God, what a mm-hmm. <laughs> No thanks, no thanks, no thanks. I like my boring neighborhood here. I only have to go about yeah. three miles to go climb with the local Bigfoot or that's well stuff. And they're really friendly and don't bother you at least you're to squish us either. There's um also um another uh, family that I'm working with very close with. Um she's having this thing that comes constantly almost on a regular basis where this thing is bothering her horses and 
their horses were a little bit, uh, uh, they came close to the river and um, they ended up having to move their corral closer to the house because this thing was bothering the horses and scratching them and she just, you know, fed up with it, you know. Like, you know, this this has just got to stop and some of the the uh, palm marks or scratch marks that it left on the horse, some of the wounds, one of the wounds on the front leg is pretty, you know, pretty kind of bad. And about last month or, let's see, when, what, February, January, probably in the, I'd say the, maybe the last week of December into January, the thing came uh, back to the house and, um, and it got into the corral. It got, I'm sure it got into the corral. And it just, like, really entwined the horse's hair. I mean, it was tightly twisted. And she um, had to keep uh, it for quite some time to, you know, unravel that. And she found calm or scratch marks, deep marks on the legs, you know. And I'm like, okay. So we had, um, I had set up the game cam set up several of them around her home and um, I uh, had uh, left it out there for about maybe a month and uh, went through the pictures and all and uh, there's a picture where you, there's several pictures where you could see like it was really close to the camera you could see like the hair standing out so I'll be posting those and then also there's one picture that it um, it got so close to the camera, like it was looking at the camera as it was walking by. It was moving so fast, you know, it took the picture. And you could see a face there. But uh, you could, when I downloaded the the uh, SD card and, you know, pictures, of course, they come out bigger on the laptop, right? So mm-hmm. when I came to across this picture, it's kind of hard to make out, but you can see the nose, you can see the eyes. And it's like you can see the weeds in the background, but it's, it's only because it went by the camera so fast and boom, it took the picture. But right. when you look at the picture from a distance, you can clearly see the face. So I'll be doing like a side-by-side. Here's the, the it'll be the original picture, and then here's the other picture that um, I'll just like take a picture off the deal there and put it by saying this is what it is. And so... That's, um, that's why you're a pro squatter. You do the comparison pictures. Nice job. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, like I said, I also took some pictures of, you know, like hairs and some, you know, uh, like the side of the face possibly, but maybe just caught the hair. And then also um, um, about, let's see, probably about three, two and a half weeks ago, she had called me one night. And I was on a Saturday night, I believe it was. She uh, called, she left a message, and I've been having issues with my phone. It just goes off and comes in. So I didn't didn't hear my phone go off. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning when she was texting me, and I didn't hear the dang thing go off. Well, I got up next morning to check my phone, and there's all these messages. And this thing came back to her house that night, and she had, a couple of wheelbarrows right by the front door, and they had some wood in there. She said, that thing just came over. She said, I don't know what this thing was doing. It must have got mad or something, and 
it just turned over her wheelbarrows, throwing things around in her front yard. And that really scared her that night, you know, the, that night. And it also turned over some other things that were um, in front of the house, too. And, you know, she was just like, oh, you know, and she just got really dealing. That was, that was just way too close. Because I mean, the wheelbarrow was right by the front door. Uh-huh. And you said, we could just hear this thing just, I don't know, was, was mad or what, but it just started turning things over. And um, <clears throat> this is the same lady that's having the problems with it bothering her horses. And, you know, she said, we can hear it yelling. And she said, I don't know, you know, what, what what's, you know, what's going on with it. You know, that, that was a really scary night. And then um, about... Uh, Probably two weeks later, she had got off work, and uh, she was driving, getting closer to her home, and she seen these two bright lights in front of her door. And I had set up one of my game cams here, a video camera, uh, and I faced it towards the front door because it seems to keep going in front of the house and moving around. So she said that her and her husband were coming back. It was late at night. It was probably about 12.30 in the morning, between 12.30 and 1. As they were getting closer to their home, they seen these two bright lights, like in front of their door. When they got to the gate to open the door, the lights disappeared and it was gone. So they drove in, They and then they went to the back, to the back of the house. They went to go check on the horses. When they were checking on the horses to the west of them, they heard the dogs, the neighbor's dogs in the field barking like they were barking at something. And uh, she said that so we flashed the lights down that way. And she goes, we could see the dogs. They're like, what are they barking at? And, well, they were running away from Bigfoot. Bigfoot was chasing the dogs. When they shined the light in the field, there was Bigfoot. And they said they shined the light on it, and they could see the red eyes. And they said, oh, my God, there it is. You know, it, it's, it's running after the dogs, chasing the dogs. And she yelled out, like, hey, you know. She said that it, like, stopped, looked her way, and it just started back down towards the river, took off back down towards the river. Get out of here, you know, just leave us alone, leave it alone, you know. And uh, she took off, you know, they were all looking around and the dogs went back to their, I guess, back to their to their home. And the Bigfoot ran back down towards the river. I had asked her, I said, uh, about, um, uh, if it had come back, I said that was the next morning when I contacted her, did it come back after, you know, was chasing those dogs. She said that it did come back later on, and you could just hear. I believe it was yelling. She said in the in the field there, the dogs were just barking like crazy, and um, she's like, I don't know what what the deal is with this one, but you know, there, there's there's several several of them in that area. It's not just the one, and so um, so we have that going on in that area. Um, so 
Sounds like you got kind of a bad-tempered one over there wanting to mess with everything and blast the horses, chase the dogs around. Yeah, you know, it's like, hey, Chai, you know, these things are they're starting to get more aggressive, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. well, but, but, you know, a lot of people, you know, not doing anything really, and boom, this thing is just, one is just... Um, yeah, and they can hurt... You know? They hurt people indirectly, too, like you were talking about with the first story where the gentleman jumped over the barbed wire fence and cut his finger on it. Mm-hmm. I had a friend that got chased down the backside of Mount Sentinel up here in Montana by apparently three of them. Sounded mm-hmm. like they were they were mid, you know, smaller ones, so juvenile delinquents probably. But he only could really see out of one eye, and it was after dark, and after dark his, his vision goes down to absolutely nothing. So even though he'd been up there elk hunting and had a rifle with him, he, he couldn't do anything with it in the dark because he couldn't see anything. And apparently these things figured out, you know, as soon as it got dark and he started bumbling into things, ha-ha, he can't see. And they chased mm-hmm. him all the way down the backside of the mountain until he finally ran into a barbed wire fence that he couldn't see and ripped mm-hmm. the living hell out of his legs. He was, like, shredded bleeding to death. And uh, I'm walking down an access road and a car came by and uh, picked him up and took him to the hospital. But he heard something actually following him right up to the point where the lights of that car came around the turn. And then he heard it run back into the woods again. So, yeah, uh, yeah, interesting stuff to note there, too. Oh, yeah. Wow. You know, just um, this, it was today Sunday, uh, it must have been Thursday night. Was it Thursday night or Friday? I'm trying to think here. Thursday night or Friday night. No. You know what's interesting? Friday night, after I talked to the young man, um, about an hour later here at my home, at our home here, um, you could just smell. I could just smell, you know, smell that bad smell. I'm like, oh, okay, it's here. Yeah. I told my husband, I said, hey, this thing's here. And I said, you can, it, it smells bad. I mean, you can smell it in the house. That's how bad the odor was. And wow. uh, it was, I don't know if it was like walking on the east side of the house, which it might have been in the field there, um, walking. And probably about 30 minutes later, after we shut down everything, I turned the lights off like we were going to bed, and I just kind of was sitting out and Boy, that smell was just it was lingering, you know. And I'm like, okay, it is here out here. And we have this little dog, um, and he's sleeping underneath the window here in our bedroom. And he starts really growling, like towards the window on the east side of our house. We have a window, and he was just laying there, and he was he started growling. It's the first time I ever heard this little dog growl. And I'm like, okay, it's it's got to be just right out here, you know, by the tree, by our house or something. But that smell was bad. It, it stayed probably lingered here for about almost an hour. And then all of a sudden it just was gone. And I'm like, okay, it, it's out here somewhere. And, you know, when that happens, the dogs out all outside, they're really quiet. You know, horse and, um, the horse neighbors' horses, they, they start acting up and they'll start snouting and running around in the um, crowd. And uh, I was just listening out and, you know, I'm like, okay, it must have moved on. It must have um, probably headed back, either down back down towards the river or headed to the south up there on top of the hill. 
you know, so I, I communicate this around again. So every now and then, you know, we'll we'll get that smell. Over last summer, you know, this thing literally tapped on our bedroom window on the east side. Um, at that time, we didn't have um, uh, running water in our in our home here, and we had to go outside. We had this other little small trailer outside that has some water, and so we would wash up in there. And um, my husband had to go out, you know, it was about 2 o'clock in the morning, so he had to go take care of business. And he comes back in, and he goes, Brian, that it, it's here because I can smell it. it. It's outside. I said, okay. So I got him kind of looked around. But we, you know, after right after he told me that, I said, yeah. I said, so then she walked out that door. I said, it tapped on the window. I said, so it's right oh, here somewhere oh, oh, oh. on the east side of the house. And that really spooked him. <laughs> yeah, no and, kidding. Um, I wouldn't be too happy yeah. about that either. He he got the gun out. He's like, okay, if it's going to do that, if it's going to bust that window, I've got my gun right here, you know. But it did. It, it tapped on the window. And that uh, that that pretty much scared me. And we just, I just up, you know, sitting up and was just listening, kept listening to see if we hear anything to if it would do it again. did it like twice. And after that, when he came in and he told me that smell, I was like, yeah, I said, it just tapped on the window. And, you know, he's like, oh, I'm getting the gun. So and he got the gun and got it ready just in case. And so, you know, I listened out and I didn't hear anything. And, of course, the dogs were really quiet, you know. The dogs get really scared when it comes around the house. And um, uh, probably about uh, 15, about 15 minutes later, that's when the dogs, they just all started going nuts, barking. You know, I'm like, okay. when I when that happens, I know that it's walked off back either back down towards the river or back up into the hills on the south side of this. And so, um, yeah, I really listen to the animals, especially the horses. When I look out the back window and if I see that horse now, I'll open the door and I'll stand out there. And if I see that horse mountain, okay, it's back there in that field there. And so I'll hear them or hear the dogs going crazy or the coyotes down at the um, uh, down the river. They go off quite a bit, and once they go off, I'm like, okay, here it comes, it's coming. So those are those are things that I really listen to, and I'm like, okay, he's coming up in one of the fields here in the back. So those are like my warning warning signals. That's what I listen to when they come. <laughs> warning signal. <laughs> <laughs> Big D was talking about that on the last episode. Yeah, everybody thought there was something wrong with the dogs in the neighborhood. Because every night about the same time, they'd all start barking in one direction. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, there's nothing wrong with the dogs in the neighborhood. There was something wrong with the humans. Dogs are doing their job. You guys weren't figuring out what they were barking at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. No, yeah, if, if people would lis- listen to their animals, they're, they're warning you. They're like, okay, you know, hey, so something's here. It, what, you know, for me, I, I really listen. But I really the one the animal that I really watch and really listen to is those horses. Yeah. Once I start seeing them horses and hearing those horses snouting and start kicking and running in circles, I'm like, okay, it's it's really close by, and I'm like, okay, it's here. And so that's the one the animal that I really listen out to. My cats, I have quite a few cats running around here. Sure, they're running around here. Once they're 
they usually huddle in the back on the porch. And when I open that door and they're not there, they're in hiding. They they won't come out from this morning. So I know that it's a rare them out. <laughs> yeah, some people's cats aren't that smart to know enough to hide right away. <laughs> they disappear. You know, um, I'm gonna share this one with you real quick. Long long time ago, when I was um, um, at the age of um, must have been eight or nine, we used to um, live in the Farmington area, and we used to live in this trailer court. And we were probably about maybe a mile, maybe a mile, um, it had to be the south from the river at that time. And late at night, um, because during the summertime, we would even have our, our bedroom window open. And all of a sudden, we would hear this long scratch. And you know how some of the mobile homes are made in you know, the outside walls are like metal. Yeah. And you hear that scratch, you hear that, you know. I mean, actually, you know, it was like a long scratch along that underneath the window. And boy, we would jump up, me and my brothers, I mean, my sisters, we'd run into our mom and dad's room. Something just scratched the trailer. Something's out there. Something's out there, you know. You know, we did this quite a bit. And we didn't know what it was. And we get up the next morning and we go look outside and there's claw marks on the side of that car. And we're like, what is that? You know what, you know, and it it would come, you know, come back and it would do it again. And we'd be so scared. You know, we're like, you go look out there and see who it is. Maybe someone just trying to scare us or something. But, you know, I remember, you know, I remember that. And there was one night we had we had a small kitten, and we had all fell asleep. And uh, the next day we woke up, we're like, oh man, you know the cat. We forgot the cat. We forgot to bring our kitten in, and whatever was out there, it did. It scratched the side of the trailer again. And the first thing that came to my mind was the cat. Where's the cat? We all start looking for the cat, and we we found the cat. And that our poor cat, it was uh, in front of our, our trailer. We had this tree. This baby kitten was like, the, it looked like it was trying to hurry and run up the tree. And the cat, you could see that his claws was clawed into the tree. It was dead. And oh whatever God. was out there scared that cat to death, and it was stuck on that tree. I mean, his claws, his eyes, I remember the eyes were open wide, and the mouth was like, you know, open too, like it was trying to maybe cry out loud or something. I mean, it just had that really scared look about him when we found that cat. It was clawed, you know, that cat was so scared to death that it died caught into the trees, his nails were like like in the tree, you know, like yeah. it was trying to run up the tree to possibly hide up there, but it, it didn't make it all the way up, you know, it, it, it died on the tree, I'm like, yeah, you know, said, what happened, you know, we're, like, what was that, you know, that, what is that that's coming, and um, I remember my dad says that um, 
it's got to be maybe the, the skinwalker. You know, that was the first thing that came to his mind was the skinwalker. And I'm like, no, you know, we're all like, I don't think so. Because this thing is, you know, scratching and uh, uh, underneath the, our bedroom window. And then there was a couple nights later, it also did like, it sounded like um, some kind of a growl and scratching along the side. You know, went all the way underneath our, our bedroom window on the east side of the window. And then more scratches were on the west um, side of the, the trailer underneath that window, too, as well. So I remember that when we were going up in, you know, in that area. And I thought, well, what is that? You know, at that time, you know, at a young age, you know, just like, there's a monster, you know, a monster's out there. What is that? And we just start, you know, start closing our windows late at night and, you know, and we'd get up and run to our mom and dad. You're like, something's out there, you know. It's scratching the, the trailer, you know. And he'd go check what would be gone, you know. And that was scary. It really was. We didn't, didn't know what it was. Yeah, that sounds mighty scary to me. No thanks. Wow. What do you mm-hmm. think it was? Do you think you had a dog man there, or what do you think? I don't know. You know, I it's really hard to say. You know, at a young age, you're just thinking it's a monster. <laughs> yeah, you don't you even know, know a different kind of monster. You're just like, it's a monster. Yeah, you know, and it, you're a little kid, you're like, that's a monster. You know, that's all we know at that time is a monster. <laughs> you know, but, God. you know, you go back and think now, like, was it really? Could it have been a Bigfoot? Two coming from the river, mm-hmm. who knows? You yeah, know, um, you just don't know. So, well, you know, I'm. There was um, a lady not too long ago, I believe maybe a week ago, had posted, "Do do Bigfoots come in? You know, like trailer parks?" My answer to that is, I I, I would say yes. Why would they come to a, a trailer park? For one thing, they're looking for food. Right now, they they're hurting for food. So now they're coming to homes. Uh, they come up with animals missing. If you leave cat food, dog food, that's more than enough to go hit the homes yeah. because they, they leave them out, you know. You don't want yeah. it around. Get, you know, get that stuff put up, you know, so it can go elsewhere. Um, so, uh, you know, my, you know, like I said, I, I would have to say yes, they do uh, come to uh, the mobile home parks. And, you know, mm-hmm. see if your trash has been tipped over. If you're wondering why, it could be possibly that they're, they're going through trash, looking for the food, you know, leftovers, yeah. whatever's been thrown in there, they'll take and eat. Yeah, it's the hungry time of the year. They're they're yeah. they're low low on food to eat. That's right. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, I can see that happening. Actually, you know, they're. Uh, if they're that hungry, they definitely would make use of any kind of food sources like that, you know, other than, and all the pet food that was left outside and any garbage that seemed smelly, smelly, yummy, edible, and the pets and, you know, whatever else. Yeah, that's right. So, but yeah, Opportunist. Yep. <laughs> there's, a, you know, a lot of uh, sightings going on still, you know, Along the rivers here, you know, up in the mountains as well, people hear it yelling. There was, as a matter of fact, there was a gentleman that went to go get some um, wood, and he started cutting and 
as he was cutting, all of a sudden this rock uh, comes flying towards him, almost hits oh him. Really. And uh, he's like, what the heck? And he turned around, and this thing was watching him. He was standing right behind the tree. And when he saw that, they said he, he just threw his chainsaw truck, and he hightailed out of there. He's like, oh, that <laughs> yeah, that's it. And then right there, you know, he's like, oh, I'm out of here, you know. Um, so he took off. Another um, another incident happened this, pretty much almost the same way as um, when um, uh, a young, uh, I think it was uh, the dad and the son, I believe, they were going up into the mountain. And um, he said not even halfway into the mountain, they started hearing yells. And this was 9 o'clock in the morning around nine. He said they were going up and they heard something so they rolled down the window and they said this thing was yelling. And um they said they kept going up. The further more they would go up, the louder the yells would get. Because you know, they were going up there to go haul make a wood haul. Mm. And they said when they heard those yells, they said, forget that you know, they turned back around and they they got out of there. And that that scared them. They said that was like in the morning. Like, what is this thing doing out early in the morning? You know. But well, that's really now brave. They, you don't usually hear them doing stuff like that. Yeah, you know. And I told them, I said, they, you know, be careful because they're starting to come out during the day. You know, morning time, daybreak there, and they're starting to come out. So be really careful. Um. He said, yeah, that, that, those yells were really scary. He said, they were really loud. Like, wow. So, but, you know, we still have a lot of sightings and some activity going on around here in our areas. Also up in the mountain, all along the rivers. And I'm getting uh, quite a few reports of it, too. So um, that's what's going on out here. <laughs> you know, a lot that of sounds people, like plenty. Uh, You're probably skipping a bunch of other stuff that's happened since. Oh yeah. Too. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's 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 so much. You know, um, it's just like wow. You know, people are like oh yeah, they they, they hibernate like bears. You know, I'm like no, they're yeah, not. They're not no, they bears. Don't. They don't hibernate. No, they they're no. out and about still. Yeah. You know, and they're like wow. So you know that's. Um, I think yeah, up here, you know, ju- judging up here by uh, up north by how little they seem to move during the winter and the actual accidental sighting by a hunter who ran into a pilot. <laughs> Apparently mm-hmm. they had piled up for the winter. Once it gets cold enough that things are fairly well freezable, they can just, you know, if you think about it, they can ambush a whole herd of deer, kill all of them, throw them mm-hmm. all in a big heap somewhere near their cave and not have to go anywhere for months. And there's their mm-hmm. food supply. It won't rot. Yeah. Mhm. Want to thaw it out? Bring it further into the cave where it's forty-five degrees. There, it's thawed out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> so you know, I sometimes think about that. There was this hunter that was going through this. This was like late fall, early winter. It was already really cold. It was like late end of the hunting season. I think it was over in the east somewhere. I'm not sure, but he was following this trail, and it sort of went into this little box canyon. And it was a deer trail or deer, whatever it was that he was trailing. I think it was a deer. And the trail just kind of ended. 
He's like, well, mm-hmm. where'd the deer go? There's no deer turned around, went back the other way. There's no place where he could have got out of here. So he got curious, and he went up, climbed up to this, you know, practically cliff up to the top. I, I guess it was a ways up, you know, it wasn't like hundreds of feet or anything, but uh, mm-hmm. 30, 40, 50 feet, something like that, got up to the top of it. So there's trees and stuff up there, and right there was like a big heap of dead deer and whatnot that yeah. had all just been killed somehow and were left there in a big pile. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I think you could draw your own conclusions what was going on there, but they all had like heads yeah. twisted around backwards, and they were all uh-huh. frozen nice and solid and just kind of piled up there. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's like, okay, well, here's the, here's the spot that we can <laughs> lure all the dumb deer into where they won't get out again. We can grab them and just kill them and throw them this heap up there and we'll all be frozen. And this is kind of all the further we really need to go. We can keep chasing them into this canyon every so often to catch more of them. So, you know, and then some of these other sightings, there's one up in northern Minnesota where they just randomly ran across, like, the longest Bigfoot trail ever recorded. It was miles long. And they were they were on snow, snowmobiles, and they were making a new trail. They actually had chainsaws with them and were cutting deadfalls to make a new trail. They were out in the middle of this bog in the middle of nowhere, and here's this trail of these giant footprints. And when they followed it, it went west, then north, then east, then back south again, right up by the border where, where Canada is. And it seemed like it was just like basically doing a loop. Like, I'm going to go walk around the outer edge of my territory and see if anything's happening sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It was just basically going in a circle. And it went, yeah. ended up going into a swamp and it was late, getting late at night. They're like, well, we're not stupid and we're leaving. <laughs> 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 oh, <man. laughs> so, yeah, I, I just kind of get the impression that especially in the colder areas, they probably just don't move around very much during the winter. You know, you occasionally yeah. find tracks in the snow, but you, you know, it's just not that common, really. And I think the reason is is because they're smart enough to know how to prep for winter. And if they, they're mm-hmm. in an area where the winters are that bad, they've probably got a bunch of food piled up for it, and they just don't move very far. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, they, um, you know, out here, you know, we didn't get, really didn't get any, any snow out here uh, this past uh, December into now. You know, usually we have quite a bit of snow or even rainfall. You know, it's really getting dry here. You know, a lot of people, they was like, well, you know, if there's a Bigfoot here, how come we don't find tracks? You know, and you're saying it's right by the river, then we're all the tracks. You know, they use that river as a highway because they don't want you to follow them. So <laughs> they're walking in the rivers, you know. Yeah. And if you also were to look, once they come out of the river, Look on the ground. If you see some, like these out here on the reservation, a lot of areas, there's, well, weeds. They look like round, you know, round weeds on the ground, you know, they're round. If you were to look on that, you can clearly see sometimes they'll use that and walk on those. And you can see some really good foot impressions if you were to look down on that. The reason why they're walking on those weeds, those round weeds like that, is because they don't want to walk on the soft dirt so you can find mm-hmm. the track. Mm-hmm. You know, also gravel, you know, that's their advantage. The river, the gravel, the weeds, they use those to their advantage to try and hide their footprints. They try not to walk on soft soil. 
Yeah. Because they don't want to be followed. So Absolutely. Sometimes I've come across where some areas that it's almost like I didn't have no choice to walk, but you could clearly see where they've taken a branch and they would turn around and swipe, almost like sweeping their footprint away. Sweeping their track away, yeah. Actually, the best picture I've managed to get so far of a really big track was a 19-inch track. It was right down on the edge of the Blackfoot River, and it was on a gravel park. Mm-hmm. And he he had made like one mistake and stepped in a spot where it was a little bit too soft and actually left an impression, which I could see how he made the mistake because I couldn't leave any mark on anything in that area with my 240 pounds, not jumping on one foot. And, mm-hmm. he, you know, this massive 19-inch track was like really obvious. It was like the only spot where there was like anything other than just rock that mm-hmm. could have been compressed enough to actually leave a really obvious track. I'll include that for you guys to look at right here. But I went the same direction as that track was pointing, about 75, 80 feet, and I found a second track. And that's how good he was. Because, like, Mm -hmm. even though he was walking across this area, he only screwed up and left one actual track. And right behind what keyed me off to that track was there, there was two weird-looking impressions leading up to Mm -hmm. it that went across the soft spot. And I went back and looked at him and went, what the hell are these? And then after I looked at him for a while and I found the track, I went back and looked at him again. I went, if you ever tried walking on just your heels and having the front of your foot off the ground, that looks exactly like what he did. Here's a soft spot. Yeah. Bloop, bloop. Oh, shit, that one was still soft. He put his foot down flat and left an impression on it. Third. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's true. But, too, you can also look at they do go on all fours. You know, a lot of people disagree, but oh, I've had a lot of requests. Oh, yeah, they do. Like, this thing moves like a gorilla. It'll mm-hmm. do what sometimes they call as a knuckle walk. They'll do yep. Uh, look for the knuckles, you know, people, some people have come across some knuckles, you know, big knuckles, you know, on the ground. You're like, oh, my God, it looks like they did what they call a knuckle walk. And, and I've come across some of those as well. I'm like, well, yeah, that's what he did. And so, you know, people are like, yeah, where's really going? You know, I thought it was walking, and all of a sudden it just disappeared. Well, it dropped down on all fours, and it got out of that area. And so... You know, look at you know, look at stuff like that. You know, I never thought of that. You know, like yeah, they still do. They seem pretty smart. Yeah, they're sneaky and they know what tracks are and they know how to follow them and they know that if they're leaving them. And and that's part of the challenge here. It's not like trying to track an animal. You know, like an ordinary dumb animal. This is somebody Mm -hmm. that actually knows what tracks are. Will try not to leave them. May even sweep them clean behind them so as not to leave them. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So true. You know, um, uh, one of my uh, teammates, uh, Hoyt, uh, Hoyt Velarde, I had um, I was talking with him the other day, and uh, he he lives out there in uh, Dorfee, and he's been telling me that uh, they've been hearing the uh, hearing it yell up there on top of the mesa there, and uh, we got to talking about um, rock stacking, and like. Um, branches on the ground, you know, like possibly X's and stuff. And, you know, kind of just getting uh, each other's seeing, you know, which one, what, what he thought of, what, what he thought of, what I had, you know, what my thoughts were on those uh, two things, you know. Um, the rock stacking was the 
the wood, you know how a lot of people post the X's and stuff on the ground. I'm really right. careful with that. I don't just automatically jump me up. Okay, that's a, a big foot. On the branches, you have to be really careful because we can get high winds. And so, yep. therefore, whatever branches is on the ground and then the ones that are falling off from the tree because of the wind, they'll land on the ground and they'll land right on top of the other branch. And sometimes they fall like an X. You know, they'll land on top of each other and sometimes it forms like an X. So I have to be really, really careful. I don't just jump to like, okay, that was done by Sasquatch. It may and it may not have been. you got to look at the, the wind, you know, right. and... The, those branches falling from how high to the ground. You got to look at all the other branches that's down on the ground already. And so, what I really, really look into is the um, how some of the branches, the big, the bigger branches that are like um, may have been pulled down. Um, also, then there too, you've got to look at, could it, it could have been done by Sasquatch, kind of like how it bends a big old branch. Um, how much snow does that area get? Because the yeah. weight of that snow can bend that branch. Oh, for sure. Now, this is where I look. Okay, I'll look at the other end. you got the, the main branch of the tree, the roots still in the ground. Now, the other end where, you know, you got that bow Look on that other end. Has, is it twined? If it was twined with another branch, then okay. That might have been done by a squatch. Really look at it because they can entwine and tie really, really good with another branch. Again, human, I don't know, it just depends on how, how tight it's been, you know, twined together. Another one is when these trees, people come across uh, what looks like a teepee or a, um, a hut. I look at the weaving, okay, and I've come across one just right off the road up in the, um, what do we call it, Payson area about um, two, two and a half weeks ago. And this was just off the main highway. I, I couldn't believe. I'm like, oh my God, look at that. I mean, it's just right. Here's the main highway. There's the fence. And I see this structure, which is almost like a teepee. That top, I mean, it was so like entwined. I, I, I was really surprised to see that. I'm like, wow. You know, I... I don't know if you guys ever, if you guys had heard just recently about um, the teepees that were made out here in the Santa Fe, um, New Mexico mountains out there, where they come across um, a lot of teepees. They look like teepees that were made. Yeah. Oh, is that what they're complaining? That they're like fire hazards and they're going to have to go yeah. take them down yeah. and, and quit yeah. doing this, whoever's doing it? Yeah, well, yeah. don't send the memo to Bigfoot, dumbass. Right. <laughs> right. Bigfoot ain't watching like, your news broadcast, okay? There's your news Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, you know, man, I, I wish I would have got down there and, and checked that out. But they had pretty much already taken it down and stuff, so. Yeah. 
Oh well, you know, God. but the nice, the nice part of it is that Bigfoot will make more. So you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. You never know. They were like, okay, he's making this. I'm like, okay, you guys going to arrest him? <laughs> I'd like to see that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you find a huge one that's like decorated with bones and skulls next time, you'll know for sure who's doing it and that the park mm-hmm. rangers are really asking for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. But, you know, I got to, you know, I was talking to Hoyt about that, you know. You know, he was in agreement with me on that. And um, we start talking about the rock formation. You know, they come across stacked rocks, and I asked him, you know, what's your opinion on this one? I said, I'm really careful with that because, you know, I've come across a lot of those up here in the uh, Chicka Mountains. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be done by humans, again. Um, Maybe they're having, like, a a family gathering. So they'll use the rocks, like, hey, just just follow my stack rocks with me. So, you know, again, it could be in the human. There's, there's rock stack markers and stuff for trail yeah. markers and stuff. People yeah. still know how to do that. When you start seeing mm-hmm. rock stacks that are made out of like rocks the size of a Volkswagen stack, I thought it was yeah, and you right. might want to get a bit suspicious about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, but he, was tell, uh, he was telling me that, um, when was that maybe it was last summer, I think, or the year before. So he was telling me that he uh, was um, up in the mountains there, out in Dulce area, up in the mountains there. He was checking out an area, and he had come across me. I mean, he was either hiking or he was um, sitting in his truck or something. He just happened to pull over or something. I'll have to ask him right again. But he, he said that um, he looked in one direction. He seen something small, and from a distance he's looking, and he's, oh, that, that's a young young juvenile Bigfoot sitting there and he said that he saw this thing. It was um it was stacked in rock on top of each other. So he goes, it was just like a little kid who was playing playing with the rocks and he was yeah. stacking them. And he said it looked like he was it was there by himself. He goes, But I know better because I know that big one's around here somewhere. Uh-huh. And he's watching the young one. I said, You're right. I said, um it, it's close by. You know, that's one thing that I tell the people, even though it looks like he's, the young one is there by himself, it's not. It, it's there. It's close by. There yeah. is, um, Don't try and race one. over there on your ATV with your capture net. You're going to get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> There's this young girl several uh, years ago. I had shared this on another show, and she had contacted me, and... Um, uh, she's um, was making her deliveries, and uh, this family happens to live close to the river. And she comes driving in and walks up to the house. And uh, this family, um, she had uh, they had some dogs. Well, when she opened it, opened her vehicle there and gets on, gets the packages, taking it to the door. She noticed the dogs jumped into the the truck there. And um, she gets back to her. She's walking back to her her uh, truck, delivery truck, and um, she left the package, and nobody wasn't there. So she turns around and she starts walking back to the truck, and she just happens to notice something move in between the trees, and she got to look. He's like, "What is that?" 
So she started kind of making her way that way. And she said there was this young, it was small, and the color of it, the hair was reddish brown, she remembers. And she said that it had its back towards me. And it was sitting on the grass, and it was pulling up the grass, and it was eating it. Huh. And she's like, that, they don't have monkeys. And, you know, and her mind, she's like, is that a monkey? And she's like, no, they, they don't have monkeys. And so no. she was starting to get, you know, wanting to get a better view of it. She starts walking that way, and then all of a sudden she hears this mean growl to the right side of her. She said that was, you know, it was a mean growl. She's like, she never heard anything like that before. And so when she once she heard that growl, she turned around and she went back to her truck. She gets into her truck and there's those two dogs in the truck, her delivery truck, and she tried to get them out. And those dogs are scared. She said those dogs are scared. They would not get out of her truck. Uh-huh. She literally had to push them, you know, those dogs out there because they knew that those, you know, the Bigfoot was there. And it was a young Sasquatch that was on that grass and it was just pulling it. She said it was just pulling up the grass and it was eating it. And she, I couldn't believe it. She was, um, it was about five, five in the evening when the sun was just starting to set. So she got a good look of the pack of it. She didn't get to see the face of it. But she said the color of it was reddish brown. Huh. And that there was a mean growl right to the side of her as she was walking. She wanted to get a little bit closer to it. And, you know, and I told us, if you ever see a young one like that, just stay clear, far clear from it, because the big ones, the adult ones, are there close yeah. to it. They not seem like it, but they're there watching. Oh, the same thing as yeah. you run into a grizzly bear cub or something. You don't go over and pet it. You don't mind right. being nearby and swat your head off. Yeah, well, yeah. And so, you know, people there... If you see young ones, stay clear from it. You know, they look like they're not there, but I'll tell you what, the parents are close by, and they move fast, so be careful. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, they mm-hmm. hear very fast. We're talking over 40 miles yeah. an hour. Zoom, they're there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one thing we should bring up safety-wise that we mentioned at the beginning of the top of the show was people feeding them. And you don't mm-hmm. actually have to know that there's Bigfoot in your area or be setting out to feed them in order to be feeding Bigfoot. And i got to let you guys know, I've heard a bunch of times from different people that have contacted me that, well, we didn't know there was any Bigfoot around here. We were just leaving all our scraps up for the local animals to eat. (laughs) Figuring Mm -hmm. all the little raccoons and stuff to be coming up eating all their scraps. And now all of a sudden they got Bigfoot eating their scraps and Bigfoot gets mad when they're not leaving them. (laughs) So just like really be careful with that. Leaving scraps of food for animals to eat, not a good idea. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, just don't don't leave it anything, you know. It needs to go back deep into the woods and there's food out there for it, you know. Once you start feeding it, that's when they're going to constantly, constantly come back and people are like, why is it coming? Are you leaving food out for it? Stop. Stop doing that. Yeah. And that way it can go elsewhere. If you don't feed them to start with, then you don't have to put up the temper tantrum that you're going to have when you stop that's feeding right. them. Oh, yeah. That's, that's so true. You know, um, no telling what they'll do. 
other than turning things over, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You you change something yeah. in your routine that they don't like. They're going to let you know about it. could be very mm-hmm. destructive to your livestock and property or even you. Yep. So true. So be so. careful. Be careful. So careful out there. Yeah, safety first, last, and outrage, right? Mm-hmm. Well, is there any other uh, re- recent stories that you wanted to cover? Because, I mean, honestly, we could go on for just hours. You've probably got enough to cover, like, 15, 20 hours to the point oh, yeah. where you couldn't even talk anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is why it's great to have you on, because, like, I could have you on every three months or so, and you can tell us all the new stuff that happened and cover a few old stories, and you'll never run out. <laughs> oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I'll share, I don't know if I shared this one with you the last time, but there was um, uh, two families that on two separate uh, occasions were uh, last September, yeah, say August and September. August, they were out uh, pinion pickings out in the mountains. And uh, the family, you know, they had a family there and they had some kids there and they were all just picking pinions. And all of a sudden, I guess, I don't know, but the little girl kind of, walked off or what exactly what had happened but they were all picking pinions and I believe they must have heard the girl scream or something oh jeez and the, they said that according to the gentleman that contacted me he said that the big had tried to take off with the little girl uh, they grabbed well, and if I'm not mistaken they, they said this thing had um, was trying to grab her and they um pulled her back, and they um, got her, and this thing took off. They said that they got a good look at her, and they said this thing tried to take off with the little girl. Um, that one was back in August of last year when they were pinion picking, and they said they went to, uh, to the police department to report it, and the gentleman was so upset with them because they got told... Um, don't don't shoot it. Just leave it alone. And the gentleman's like, so you guys know that these things are out here, right? I mean, aren't you guys going to do anything about this? I mean, this thing tried to take my little girl. Yeah. And, we, you know, we grabbed her. We pulled her back. And um, they just got told, don't, don't, don't bother it. Don't shoot at it. And, you know, again, you know, so you guys do know that these things are out there. You guys need to tell, inform the people, you know, which is true, you know. Uh, why hide it? Everybody knows about it. Everybody sees yeah. it. They smell it, yeah. you know. Why keep lying what, about it? Yeah, why, you know. I mean, if you guys know, the people need to be warned about it. They need to, something needs to be said about it, you know, and that like told the gentleman, I said, yes, keep an eye on the kids, have them be, you know, because these things, they'll just snag snag them quick, and, you know, you don't know if you'll ever find them again. Now, there was another incident about, I believe, a week, you know, a month later in September, a different different family, they were out pinion picking, and they said that the Bigfoot tried to take off with one of their kids again. Um, with this other set of family. So, you know, I told them, I said, you know, you guys got to be really careful out there. Uh, why they're not telling you guys, you know, the cops are not telling. I just don't understand it. But get the word out and 
you guys be so very careful out there because they yeah. are watching. And oh, yeah. And you take your eyes off your kids, that's the time they'll take them quick. I said, you won't believe how fast they move. I said, they go quiet. They come, you know, they'll sneak up on you very quietly, too. Yeah. As big as they are, so be careful. This could have been easily repeated here uh, recently, and I don't know if you uh, caught episode 44 where I did an interview with Claudia Akeley. She was out walking with her two daughters, and they ran into a big one and two little ones. And they actually got on video and everything, went back and reported it to Forestry, and Forestry said, we, you saw a bear. And she said, look, I got a video. No, you saw yeah. a bear. Okay, I'm suing you. And so she's suing the state of California for recognition oh. of Bigfoot. And it's going to take some more people with guts like this to launch lawsuits on these jerks in order to get yeah. them to finally admit that we've got something going on and take reasonable measures to, to protect the public safety. Like, at least let us freaking know that they're there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's true. You know, why, you know, my concern, you know, is yes, for all the people out there, even you big people that research these, that have, the, you know, the big names, you know, you guys, you know, time and time, again, I always say, I don't care how, how much money you have, how famous you are. Those items are not going to save your life if this thing attacks you. Mm-hmm. Be careful out there. Even, even you, Yep. out there, you know, and Bigfoot doesn't know you're famous. Up. Bigfoot doesn't right. know you're famous, and if he did know, he wouldn't care. That's right. <laughs> it's it's true, you know. Um, everybody out there, young and old, be careful. I don't care how experienced you are, you've got to be careful. Yeah. You know, and I know a lot of you know people. Like, I don't care what she says. She doesn't know what she's talking about. All I'm gonna say to you is just be careful. Goes back down to be careful. Watch out. You know, the, the smallest mistake could cost you something big. Yeah. Don't know. We don't know. We're, we are all looking for the exact same thing. We're all researching pretty much the same way. Some groups have all the nice gadgets. Some don't. Doesn't matter what kind of gadgets you have, the most expensive cameras or whatever you have, flashlights, doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. I'm not going to save you if this thing comes and attacks you. Be careful. My, my, my main, main, main words to all of you out there, beginners, you beginners that want to get into this, be careful. Don't go in it thinking, you're something big because you're not. I'm not. I don't look at myself as I'm a hot shot. I will never say that. Not on the radio show. I'm just no. a ordinary person just like you. And I'm just trying to get the word out. Be careful. Be safe out there. And, you know, I don't want to hear something happen to you. This could have been prevented if we did this, if we did that. Just be really careful out there. You know, that's my main message. Right on. Be safe. Yeah, yeah. Knowledge is power. No more about the possible hazards. Avoid running into them. And <laughs> with that, uh, I just want to say thanks for coming on the show. I'm looking at the, the time here. We're running short on it. Um, so You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, you know, I always uh, um, enjoy being on the shows and, and getting. 
the word out of what's going on, you know, out here on the reservations, different part of the reservations, on and off the reservations. You know, there's so much things going on. You know, lately, you know, people are like, how can you have a post this, have a post that? And I am, like, so far behind on my stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to be posting one, almost one after another here within the next week. And I've just been having lots of issues on my phone, on my laptops with freezing up. So I think I got all of that cleared up finally, hopefully. And, and now I'm just going to start posting like crazy. So you guys have right. to for all of my stuff. So Great timing. Um, this show will come out and everybody will have new stuff to go look at. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and, uh, people always ask, we can't find your, your, your team page. It's under New Mexico Shadow Sleepers. I have it under as a secret group. So if you want a friend to me, then I can add you to the group. Um, the reason why I set it up that way is because I get a lot of, um, like, hackers. So I try to be really careful in who I put in, you know, into the group. You know how that is, people hacking stuff. So yeah. I try to be careful with that. So um, if you're wondering, you can't find it, friend me, and I will add you to the New Mexico Shadow Takers page. That's why I'll be right. posting a lot here within the next week. Right on. And I heavily recommend Brenda's Facebook group. It's an excellent one. Definitely go there. Check it out, you guys. And thanks thanks again for coming on the show. You know, uh, I'm glad that I've got multiple people down there, you being one of them, to actually come mm-hmm. on the show and talk about what's going on down there. Because, my God, there's a ton going on down in the southwest all the time. You know, yeah. people think, oh, it's all deserts and canyons, and so there couldn't be any Bigfoot down there. Oh, my God, it's just the opposite. The place is apparently crawling with them. They're all yeah. over the place. Ah, help. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, it's like uh, here we are in the mountains in the forest, and there's less Bigfoot sightings here than there is down there. So <laughs> we're the oddities of, of life. Yeah. Anyway, thanks again for coming on the show, and we will have you on again soon. And meanwhile, everybody, be kind to everybody else. Safety first, last, and always. And always pay it forward. And remember when you're out there and if you, you see a Bigfoot or something, God help you, whatever you do, do not plug the Wookiee. Talk to you later, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good night. All right. That's it. We am done recording. Oh. God, you're a great guest to have on. I don't have to listen to anything but just sit here and let you talk. And you tell oh, great yeah. stories, and they're they're Thank always you. interesting. And, like, you know, I can just have you on for the guest every show and not have to ever play. Yeah, right. <laughs> Are you up for doing that? Oh, yeah, if you want. You know, I mean, no, seriously. I don't no. mind because I've got a lot, you know. Honestly, Brenda, one thing that I'm starting to do, I don't know if you've caught very many of my recent shows, but I figured out how to do it now where I can have more than one guest on at a time. So I'm doing panel discussions. And, like, mm-hmm. I had one with three people that are interactors all the first time I've ever been a panel discussion with interactors. Um, mm-hmm. I got one coming up with two people that have both done a lot of research in Indiana and actually don't even know each other, but have both been guests on my show and I have them on at the same time. Uh, I had mm-hmm. another one where we were talking about um, supernatural Bigfoot and I uh, had two guests on that. So a panel discussion show is a possibility, too, and it'd be, like, awesome to have, like, you and Caveman, or you and Cat, or you, Cat, and Caveman, and yet, like, all the superheroes from the Southwest all on at the same time to do a panel discussion in the area. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. It's more fun okay. that way because you guys all know, you know more about the local area, and what one of you is talking about will prompt the other one to remember things that they wouldn't have thought of otherwise. 
and bring it up. Yeah. And it always seems to work out really good that way. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like I'm doing every so often, I'm doing more like a Bigfoot Outlaw show where I have like a panel discussion thing. But it's just like mm-hmm. a one-off thing. It's like, well, here's the topic and here's the, the, the super awesome guests that I have on to discuss this topic that are very knowledgeable mm-hmm. about it, and that's what we're talking about. So if you're down, down for doing things like that, I, you know, get you in fa- fairly regular rotation on the show because you know so much. you you got such high credibility level. Um, everybody loves you. Um, you know, so you're just like a real, uh, you would be really a great asset to have on the show, and you don't, it's not like you're burning up the other radio shows. I don't see you on much of anything very often, so I'd like to give you some more exposure. Sure. Sounds good. Killer. Plus, um, you're an alumni of that one weird Bigfoot. What was that one? Never finding Bigfooters. I, uh, but anyway, I remember you were on that show a couple of times. That <laughs> one was what's his name? F F D R I Moneymaker or something? Uh, oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. That show's been off the air now for months and months. I can't even remember what it was called. They had some boo boo guy or something that was like they yeah. make, make noises. <laughs> Now, I heard old Moneymaker's retooling. He's got some other new show that's going to be based out in the Pacific Northwest that he's trying to get launched now. So, oh, God. <laughs> Here comes another one. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad that they actually got some damn decent researchers on the show occasionally. That was awesome when they had uh, you on there. And then, was it last time they were down there, they had K-Man on there too, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, that was probably his, that would be his second time. I've been, I was on there three three times, I think. Was it three times or twice? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> so I was on there. Oh, funny. <laughs> I, was just, I remember talking to Caveman right after they had filmed. And he goes, oh, your buddy Matt was down here last night. And I went out to watch with him. And he was like, don't call him my buddy. And he starts laughing. <laughs> he, goes, uh, he goes, he's really excitable. And I go, what do you mean? And he goes, he's like sitting there quiet. Your little twig snap. Ooh, that must be a Bigfoot. <laughs> K-Man's like, yeah, when he throws a log at you, then it's a Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, he's excitable. Every little twig snap. Ooh, that's, that might be a Bigfoot. <laughs> well, that was one of the things that actually worked to the advantage of the show is because he was so excitable and believable, and he gets so excited about anything potentially was going on that always kind of came through. That was fun to watch. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Well, I'll tell you what, dear. Another thing is we need to keep in more more contact. If there's any, if you ever need information that you think I might be able to help you with or anything, feel free to call me. Okay. Um, you know, I like to try and network with other people that are actually paying attention to what's going on all the time. And sometimes I'll get people just calling me out of the blue going, hey, Duke, have you heard about this? Blah, 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 blah. And here's the real deal on it. And I'll be like, oh, thanks for letting me know. Because otherwise I never would have found out, you know. Yeah. And I'm not talking about drama between researchers. I'm talking about actual things going on. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about the drama between the researchers. They can all fight with each other. I don't care. I'm just yeah. trying to find the really good ones that actually want to work together. Those are the ones I'm interested in talking right. to. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and you're, you're on that list, so that's why I have you on my show, because you know, you're, on the, you're on that top dog list, and people that know what the hell they're talking about, and you're serious and, and reliable and believable and trustworthy and helpful and all that sort of good stuff. Mm-hmm. 
let's get some more of us that are, you know, I don't know, I, I include myself in that group, I kind of suck, but let's get some more people like you together that are like really good examples of how the Bigfoot community should be and start mm-hmm. shining our little light, you know, shine, set the shining example that everybody else can be jealous that they suck and aren't that good. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's true, you know, you know, it, 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 it's, you know, some things that do need to be said and some things, you know, people are not going to like. You now, know, sometimes, have... sometimes the best way to deal with people that are like just hoaxers or arrogant or annoying or whatever is just mm-hmm. ignore them. Put out good evidence, oh, yeah. do quality research, and just nobody That's will right. pay any attention to them after a while because they've got the That's real true. deal to look at. They can tell. Mm-hmm. That's so, so true. You know, I had, there was this one gentleman he had asked, um, on a, I think it was on I did a live show, and he had called in and he had asked, uh, "What do you think? You know, I'd like to do the research and stuff. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Or what what should I do? Or how should I go about it?" I said, "The number one thing, just don't go in it knowing <laughs> yeah. that you think you know everything. You don't. I don't claim to know everything." I'm still learning as I go, too. You know, things that I've experienced and things that I've kind of um, tried, you know, testing out and stuff. You know, that's how I learned. And another thing is you never, you never, never steal other people's material. You never steal their stories and try to make it sound like it was yours by changing some wording and and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I said, um, the reason why I'm telling you this, there's so many people out there that listen to these radio shows. And if you bring up a story and someone catches like, hey, that's so-and-so's story, why are you saying that it's your story? Yeah. And I said, you never do that because people listen and they will call in and they will speak up on it. Oh, yeah, there's some hardcores out there, and in fact, I count on them. They contact mm-hmm. me and go, hey, do you know that somebody pirated one of your shows? And I'll be like, oh, really? How interesting. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. You know, I've had that happen to me. I don't know if you know that Fred Eaton guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, K-Man don't like him. Oh, yeah, he, he did that on one of the shows. And I got, who was it? Somebody told the the host of the show called me and told me what had happened. I'm like, what? And he goes, we did a radio show. Um, I think he said it was last night. It was the night before. He goes, it was horrible, Brenda. It was so, I said, what are you talking about? I'm like, what happened? And he said, that guy Fred Eaton. I was like, oh, no. I said, what did he do? He goes, he tried to steal one of your stories. And it's the one that was on the porch and that, you know, it was kind of the doorknob. Mm. And he changed, he changed, because he left it pretty much all like what you shared long time, some time ago on these other radio shows. And he tried to um, change some wording. He goes, right away, about three or four people call in. Hey, that story sounds familiar. That sounds just like Brenda Hurst's story. Another lady calls in. Gotta love those Bigfoot fanatic listeners. You gotta yeah. love those people, man. They catch everything. Yeah. 
you know, and that was one thing I stressed to Randy and at that time, Fred, you do not steal people's story. I'm telling you because people out there listen and they will call you out on it. You You can quote other people's stories, though. I do that quite frequently. Yeah. Well, no, don't forget Bear said this and blah, 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 and told this story as as Uh an example. But I'll right away quote who told the story. Uh Uh-huh. You know, and this guy is like, it was horrible. And people calling in like, why are you stealing her story? Why are you stealing her material? (laughs) Everything that you shared, that's exactly what Brenda Harris said. Why are you copying her? Why, you know, and they said it was horrible. People were calling and asking questions. The simplest questions is that he could not answer. He goes, it was so embarrassing. He, he, <laughs> couldn't, even, he couldn't even answer the questions Sad. that people were asking him. He said, Sad. you know, the guy's like, it was horrible. He goes, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I'm just like, this is not good. <laughs> what show was he on? Um, I think it was uh, on Matt Cameron. I think it was Matt Cameron. Uh, I forget the name of his radio show. I can't think of it. Um, But uh, how I found out was he called me and then Randy called me too and told me what had happened. So yeah, I talked to Matt. He told me what had happened. And I was like, oh, my God, that is not good. I said, well, I warned I warned them, you just don't do things like that. And yep. next thing you know, just before that radio show, I guess he was doing another show, and Fred, Fred is very new at this stuff. And already on the, one of the other shows, he was saying that he was the number one Bigfoot investigator for the state of New Mexico. And I just <laughs> laughed. I'm like... Really? I don't even say that. That that's just messed up. I'm like, Oh my god, really? No, you're not, Fred. I'm like, You're a beginner in this, you don't even know. I'm like, Oh my Caveman god. Caveman says Fred really? uh, concrete cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> concrete oh, cowboy. Crazy. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, Well this guy's just burning his digging himself a grave in in the grave, you know. That's his fault. You know, I warn him, you don't do this, you don't do that. Be careful what you say and how you say it because, yeah. again, people listen and they will come back on another show. If you're on that show, they're going to question you like, hey, you said this, but now you're saying this. Yep. So what is it? You know? Yep. So, yep. You, know, you have to be so very, very careful. And veracity is everything. If you're going to be a Bigfoot researcher, your word is on the line constantly, and not just when you're talking about Bigfoot, constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody can come forward and go, well, I know so-and-so I knew you know, 20 years ago and said blah, 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 and that was bullshit. So, oh, oh, mm-hmm. wait a minute, now should we believe anything they say about Bigfoot? Because somebody from 20 years ago said they lied about beer at some point or you know, some stupid yeah. thing. So it's like you've got to be honest all the damn time if you're going to be involved in this. That that's right, you know, and I'm like, you don't want to be, you know, called a hoax or, you know, you, that that is one thing you don't do, you know. I'm, you know I don't want to be labeled that, you know. I'm I'm telling the truth from what 
the people have shared with me all these stories. Yeah. A lot of the stories I have to experience myself on hand. Um, people like that, that I uh, interview, that, you know. That breakdown video I put out recently where I had the tree peepers in it. That's a good example. It's like I never said it was Bigfoot. Didn't say it for sure it was Bigfoot. Didn't mm-hmm. say even if we get comparative shots that it proves it was Bigfoot. Just that there was something there. It really looked like something was there. And for my own, I have, I actually got my money on suspect number three because it moved three times only by camera. <laughs> so I'm really pretty strongly betting that one was actually a big book. Um, the first one is like pretty questionable. Maybe the second one freaking looks like Bigfoot, but it's standing still. But it uh-huh. really looks like a huge Bigfoot just standing there watching him walk past. But the third one actually friggin' moves, so that like, okay, but, you know, the point here being that I didn't, like, go, look, we found Bigfoot in the video. It's like, nah, possible suspects, tree peekers, here's a <laughs> breakdown frame by frame, you guys look at it. Yeah. Send, you know, send it to Igor Burtsev over in Russia at the University of Hominology over there. Hey, Igor, take a look at this. What do you think? We're going to do some comparison shots. I'll send them to you, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> So that's just like the difference between somebody that's doing actual research and somebody that's just trying to make a name for themselves, you know? Yeah. Like, we don't yeah. know if this is for sure anything, but it looks suspicious as hell, so we'll share it with him. We'll go do some comparison shots and see what he finds. You know, and RMSO, Kelly Shaw, let me give him a plug, has done that before where they found suspicious stuff in their videos after the fact and went, what the hell is that? And then went way back to where it was that they filmed it and got a comparison shot and went, well, whatever it was, it ain't there now. We ain't saying uh-huh. it was Bigfoot. It sure looked like Bigfoot, and it ain't there now. You guys decide. <laughs> <laughs> that's good research. Yep. Yep, that's true. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Well, listen, dear, I'm sorry. i got to get going here. I'd love to talk to you all night. and got my phone number. Feel free to call me any time here. <laughs> well, do. But uh, thank you. I actually got thank company here. I gotta on. get going. Oh God, okay. it's such a, it's such an honor and pleasure to have you on my show. I'm just so so thankful that you were willing to jump on right quick and get a show recorded so I could get something put out here. As soon as you uh, send me a picture video, actually, I can start working on it. I got Rich scheduled to record tomorrow, and then I don't have anybody scheduled up until almost the beginning of the month again. So. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Okay. Super appreciate it, dear. You saved me. You're welcome. I've been fighting with technical man. problems for about a month and a half now, so it's been like almost impossible for me to actually record anything, regardless of if I had guests like that or not. So I was like, okay, finally I got things sort of working. I can record something. Who the hell can I get at the last minute? I need to call Brenda. And they called a few other people, and they were like, okay, I can do it in a week. I can do it in two weeks. And you're like, I can do it in a few days. And I'm like, Brenda's awesome. <laughs> I remember saying well, thank like you that. for asking. <laughs> I appreciate it. I really do, dear. Yeah. You're, you're one of my Bigfoot heroes. I love what you're doing, and just keep on doing it and helping people because you're a shining example of what the rest of us should all be doing. Thank you. I will do. I sure will. All yeah, right. Well, have a great too. night. We'll talk to you again you soon. Too. All right. Bye-bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.